Developing Tomorrow's Leaders is a podcast that is all about educating, supporting, and inspiring the next generation of leaders. Your host, Coach T, has over 35 years experience of educating, supporting, inspiring, and enhancing the lives of many young men and women. Join him as he talks with business owners, educators, coaches, athletes, and others when they share their insight, experience, and passion for developing tomorrow's leaders. Our guest today is a TEDx speaker and the founder and CEO of Project OTY, a personal leadership program to help young adults and business professionals accelerate their leadership growth to become high-performing leaders across their life and career. When his opportunity to play professional baseball ended, he spent over 30 years leading companies across the advertising, online marketing, and employment staffing industries. He's conducted over 12,000 interviews, led over 20,000 employees, and connected with over 180,000 business leaders worldwide. His leadership insights led him to build and launch a reimagined approach to personal leadership and development designed to help individuals manage today's complex and ever-changing world with greater passion and purpose. Overall, his passion lies and purpose, uh, purpose lie in helping everyone confidently play the game of life in today's world, creating their definition of success and be the leader in their own lives. Please help me welcome Jeff Otis to Development Tomorrow's Leaders. How are you doing today, Jeff? Coach T, I am doing great, and it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And that is a very impressive bio. It's a lot of people you've impacted and a lot of people that you whose lives you've helped improve. And having a, a sports background, for, I know from my perspective, it is plays a big part in your understanding of uh, team sports and how that carries over to real life. And um, I would love for you to share a little bit about your professional baseball career because I'm, I'm impressed by that. It almost became a professional baseball career. Almost, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was really fortunate. I grew up in a community, great leaders, great parents, uh, great youth programs, played basketball and baseball, and uh, was fortunate to win some state championships and then end up playing collegiate baseball and um, played in the Pac-10 at the time for Oregon State University. Um, you know, I had a couple all Pac-10 type years as a pitcher and first baseman and uh, pretty sure I was headed pro. Um, you know, all the indications were there. And then an arm injury, right? Like sort of an unexpected arm injury. And, um, you know, I refer to those as kind of transformative moments when all of a sudden you've got to reinvent your life. And so uh, uh, that that was my baseball career, but um, had a lot of fun, learned a lot from a lot of good people um, over those years. Yeah, so that part about the you know having a transformational decision to make with, with having an, an entry like that, it's a great uh, segue into how not to put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you had an opportunity to go to Oregon State play, not only to play baseball but to get an education to lay yep. a foundation for life after sports. Oh, 100 percent. I think the um, you know there's obviously a lot of kids growing up that want to play professional athletics and a small percentage get the opportunity to to do so um but the takeaways from growing up you know pursuing um you know opportunities to play sports opportunities to try to win games and win championships i mean those are things that carry through into a career and carry 
through into the rest of a, of a life. And I mean, I was always been someone who kind of looked at anything I did as sort of a game. And there was just some fundamentals, right? You know, creating a vision of what does success look like, you know, setting some goals to measure progress, performance, working backwards to do those little things uh, to sort of set yourself up for success in, in whatever game it is you're playing. But, uh, but I think uh, getting that education, you know, obviously became real important as my life transitioned into more of a, um, more of a business career. As you're describing that, maybe take a little bit of how my coaching has improved every year. You know, you think I've been coached for 37 years. You think after 37 years, you're like, oh yeah, I know everything about the game. I know the game. What I love about coaching and teaching kids is there's always a better way. And then more importantly, when you understand and define who that individual is and how they learn, it teaches you how to coach them so that you can get them to reach their potential and beyond. Well, for sure. I think, you know, every no two people are the same, first of all, right? Like everybody's got different influences, moments and experiences that define who they are, what they believe you know, ultimately how they act and some of the choices and decisions they make. But there's fundamentals with, I think, being a good leader, uh, whether that's in athletics or other areas of life, you know, I think some of the greatest leaders, and I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of them, what I notice is they're always learning, right? The game never stops, uh, especially the game of life. Um, you know, when you're coaching a basketball game, you know, there's a lot you learn in the first half, and then you go make adjustments for the second half. Right. And uh, but I think great leaders are constantly putting themselves in a position to learn, especially as things are evolving. And I, I think it's also important for uh, leaders to understand that they like to that point, they don't know everything. And I'm sure you've come across people. I know when my coming up and you know, when I was in the business industry, uh, and I learned a lot from leaders, but I also learned a lot not to do from leaders. And a lot of them have this mindset of, oh yeah, I've reached this top level. I know everything. I can tell everybody what to do. And we as aspiring leaders, we kind of, you kind of sift through the things that you hear from so-called leaders. And to your point, you, you come across people that don't know how to continue to learn. They feel like when they're in those leadership roles, that's all there is. And the next, the downside to that is that's what they're passing on to the next generation of leaders or next level of leaders. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we've got challenges in today's world that we haven't had before. And so, you know, that you, I think really to succeed these days uh, in whatever it is you're doing, it is embracing that idea of kind of taking the best of the best uh, from others and applying it to yourself and also recognizing uh, things that, you know, maybe aren't going to be as beneficial for you as something else. And, you know, when I look at, you know, when I think about being you know, 15, 18, 20, 25 today. I mean, we've got a generation that's now growing up in a world with more information coming at them than any previous generation. Um, you know, there's more comparison going on. There's more of trying to sift through all of this information and figure out what's applicable uh, to themselves, um, which is you know, creating some challenges we haven't seen before. And so I think it's important for people like yourself and the work we're doing and others are doing to sort of be able to lean in and help individuals find that spot of personal leadership, uh, really to help motivate and elevate them forward. What are a couple of, if you had a, maybe a top one or two 
uh, areas that you see young professionals lack coming right out, what would be the one or maybe top two things or even three, if you, if you have three, that you see that stand out to you? Yeah, I think um, some of it's just misinformation or misunderstanding. It's walking into the working world and then maybe a couple of years later wondering why you're not the the VP of the business yet, right? right. And, uh, yeah. and it's kind of forgetting that there's a learning curve to everything that you do. Um, you know, I often talk about the first stages of learning, you know, going through the cycle of unconscious incompetence, where you just don't know what you don't know, right. uh, moving into that kind of conscious incompetence when it's like, oh, shoot, I need to learn something here. And I think at that spot, it's a big difference maker. Some people embrace that moment and and start to learn what they need to learn. Others, uh, you know, might shy away or be even be the victim of whatever that moment is. I think eventually, like anything, once you put in enough practice, you get to that conscious competence level where you know what to do, still kind of need to think about it for a little bit, but eventually get to that unconscious competence level where everything's just on a reflex, right? You've been there, you've done that before. You can see the game unfolding before it even unfolds. And I think the biggest suggestion or tip I'd give people is you know, let that game play out, right? Like it doesn't happen in two years, you know, or it doesn't happen in a, in a sometimes a super short period of time. It's going back to your point about when they come that, I think it's that third part when you get to that point where it's either, Hey, I'm going to learn it. I, this is what I thought I did. No, maybe I don't know. I'm going to put in an extra time and effort to know it or I don't think I want to put in that time. I'm going to go a different route that's a little easier. For me, this is where people like yourself and people like me as a coach, this is where our jobs are so important, or I say our roles, not our jobs, our roles, because it's what we love doing. And it, it obviously, from my experiences, it doesn't make it easier, but it makes us more willing to provide this guidance, leadership, and direction. And for me, it's about – I focus just on that part where they – hit that that wall if you will and then they start questioning and asking okay well which direction do i go in do i want to put in that time or do i want to go ah this seems like it might be easier and every time that i focus on that part and tell them to work through and because a lot of people like start back over get to the same spot and then start back over thinking the fourth fifth time they work on it they're going to get through that wall and it doesn't work that way you got to understand why you keep hitting that wall and start right there where you hit that wall. And for me, it's that's where the challenge comes in getting kids to understand that when you want something, it's all it's not really about what you want, it's what you're willing to do to get what you want. And that's always been my approach. And I'm, I'm assuming you have somewhat of a similar approach. Well, I always, I mean, I tell a lot of people in the work that we do is, you know, leadership starts with you, right? It's an it's a everyday game of choice and attitude. You know, how you choose to wake up in the mornings, often how your day will go and, you know, how you approach every day um, with an attitude often dictates the things that we're going to, how, how that particular day is going to play out. Um, I think one of the really important things for young adults and teens, um, especially growing up in today's world, is to figure out and kind of define for them a vision of success. What does success look like for me? Let's say just five years from today. You know, it doesn't have to be your entire lifetime, but giving some real critical thought to that and defining it so that when you hit these challenging walls and these challenging moments, you know, 
you've still got this vision of success. It's, it's going to be a more motivating factor for you to do what you got to do to figure out what you need to figure out to sort of break through that wall. Um, you know, if you're really passionate about what it is you're trying to achieve, you know, I think of it as a, you know, as a basketball coach, you go into a season saying, Hey, we want to win, you know, the district championship, right. And there's going to be, there's going to be pitfalls and there's going to be wins and losses and lessons learned throughout the season, but you never lose sight of that vision, right? You never lose sight of what success is. And I think whether it's an individual or whether it's a team, it's really the same, very similar process to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, achieving more than maybe you thought was possible. Just makes me think about the season. I just actually just finished because you basically just lined, uh, lined that up for me. So we go, uh, Undefeated, win the the, uh, the conference and everything, but me being honest with you, my going in always want to be competitive. You coach your team, coach the strength of your team. We're a smaller team, played a lot of bigger teams, and you're thinking, okay, these bigger teams, like all oh, these guys are small. But laying a, a plan, a game plan of understanding what we were capable of doing, and the kids believing in what we were capable of doing, despite the odds of being a smaller team. These kids focus on what we were good at versus what we were not good at, meaning not having height and focusing on the team and focusing on being successful as not only individuals, but as a team. Uh, I, I keep I talk about this team a lot because I'm, as a coach, more proud than I've ever been of a team, seeing how they came together, understanding what their vision was, their end goal was. And at the end of the season, when we won the championship, they weren't like jumping through hoops like, oh, they expected to win, and they yeah. won. And they came back and told me that, Coach, you know why we didn't jump around and celebrate? I'm like, no, why? Because we we expected to win. And when you, that's the first time I've ever had kids tell me that. But it goes to show you how much time, effort, and energy they put into believing in themselves and the team's goal of being successful. Well, it's so important. And, I mean, growing up around the world of sports, you know, we often experience this as a team and in team environments. And I mean, it always takes a team. It doesn't matter if you're an individual or a group of a group of players. Uh, I mean, it takes a team to win the game, whatever the game is, right? And so, I mean, years ago, as I started coaching and working with individuals in the business world, you know, we had the same sort of challenges. We had to move a business forward to achieve particular goals and a vision. But then we also realized it started with each individual sort of being personally engaged and personally believing and what it was they were building for themselves. You know, it's almost creating that personal vision of success and then aligning that with the team's vision of success. And I think more times than not, you end up winning those championships, however those championships are defined. Yeah. I meant to ask you too, early on when I was reading your bio too, your TEDx experience, um, was that one of the things that you talked about in your talk or was that something different? No, I did. Um, we developed a program called Build Your Roadmap. And so I talked a little bit about that in the TEDx, actually what it is. It's a process of identifying and understanding what your unique strengths are and what you can sort of leverage to move forward in whatever it is you're building for yourself and then creating a vision of success, you know, kind of in all areas of your life, not just career, not just athletics, but family and relationships and so forth. But for each one of those sort of visions, high level visions of success, identifying what fears are you going to need to manage to turn that into reality? You know, what sort of goals do you set to measure your progress and performance? 
who can you enroll to help you achieve that particular vision bullet point? You know, what are immediate next steps? You know, and also things like recognizing accountable versus victim behaviors and how they kind of show up in our lives. It was really an important exercise for the young leaders on our business teams. It elevated people to achieving far more than they ever thought possible. And then when combined collectively as a group, uh, our companies experienced far more. Um, so we talked a lot in the TEDx about really positioning yourself to kind of be that leader in your life and then surrounding yourself with the coaches that you need in order to sort of break through some of the barriers. I would sus- suspect that influences, internal, external influences, have a, play a big part in, in that process for those that are unsure, they're easily influenced versus those that have a vision are less likely to be influenced. Um, and that's a character building process that starts early, um, not just home, but obviously school and extracurricular activities, things of that nature. Do you focus, do you spending time talking about influences in your process with uh, the professional development? We do. Uh, I mean, we go through a process of giving a lot of deep thought to the influences, the moments, the experiences that you've had so far in life, right? And like how those uh, may have led you to believe one thing or another. Um, they, you know, how they may have formulated some of your thoughts and opinions. But then we kind of, once we've identified that, and even how some of your fears might have developed, right? Um, Once we've identified that, we really shift the thinking of almost drawing a line in the sand and saying, all right, well, from this point forward, let's redefine what success looks like Uh, for me as an individual. Let's start to figure out the steps we need to go through, you know, sort of build our future. I talk a lot about, you know, life isn't about finding your purpose. It's about creating your purpose. Right, so it's developing that vision and moving uh, forward with that intention. But um, definitely, we have to give thought to the influences, moments, and experiences that we've already, you know, kind of come into our life. So the one leadership process that I use is teaching kids to not only learn to be leaders, but also to use those skills that they're learning to share as they go. So I think it strengthens the people around them as they go and they don't feel like they're keeping things from people. I think sometimes we think about leadership, people think about separation as opposed to bringing people along to be successful. Any thoughts on that? Well, I, uh, I 100% agree. I've always said there's about seven steps. I mean, I've had an opportunity to speak with a lot of great leaders around the country and I've always kind of bucketed it into seven steps. You know, the first is they're processing that information. They're constantly learning you know, they organize it to create that vision of success. And then they prioritize it to define goals and next steps. But the fourth one is really, they have to enroll others, right? They need to communicate with emotional intelligence, approach people the way those people need to be approached uh, while managing their own fears in the process and come back human. Um, As they communicate the vision, they need to listen, share, plan, and motivate uh, and then focus on bringing that vision to a close, but also be willing to reinvent as necessary. And I mean, leadership alone is the art of, you know, sort of motivating a group of people to move towards a common vision. But there's a lot of elements that go into that, right? But enrolling others and sort of uh, inviting them to be part of that process is an instrumental uh 
it's an instrument, instrumental piece that really separates the great leaders from others. And I asked that question because I, I, what you described is exactly what uh, I kind of expect you to say. But when I think about how influential coaches, people like yourself and, and I am with young people, I have a group of seventh and eighth grade boys. And when I talk about leadership, so I gave the example of how the team did. Well, believe it or not, there's a group of seventh grade boys who didn't play a lot. They're already preparing themselves. So next year, they're starting to work out every weekend. I got a message from one of the seventh graders in, in a message uh, app we use asking all the other seventh graders, should we invite the sixth graders to join us to work out to get ready for next year? This was on their own. Um, that's just a kind of example of what I think is important and how I think uh, some adults forget that these kids are young enough and smart enough to understand how to be leaders if they're just given the opportunity, uh, if they don't need the the extra push, but these are the kind of things that I take a lot of pride in seeing kids do and also understand that, you know, we as adults don't always have to push them. All we have to do is just drop little seeds and, and just give them a little bit of advice and let them roll with it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, this generation growing up right now is, I mean, the first iPhone was just invented in 2007, right? It wasn't that long ago. So you've got a generation growing up right now with more visibility to what's going on around the world than any other generation. Um, there's more transparency to events and so forth. But when they lock in on a vision of success, you know, they're very passionate about doing the work, turn that into a reality. And when you create the proper lanes and they buy into the big picture vision, they kind of want to bring everybody with them. So I really applaud the idea of your seventh graders you know, pulling your sixth graders into the mix. I think yeah. that's a really powerful uh, testament to, um, you know, what the coming generation can do when given the right avenues. Absolutely. And this is one thing that I also think that I also feel like sometimes uh, parents kind of feel like they're, they don't want the kids to have voices of their own, which is unfortunate because they feel like they can't make the right decisions. And I was just speaking with somebody recent, uh, earlier and we we're talking specifically about that, about the authenticity of the relationships between um, coaches, parents, educators, and and with young adults and preteens, teens, young adults, young professionals like the ones you work with, is you know allowing them to make those decisions right, wrong, or indifferent, and see letting them show us how they're developing, and then we drop in the the guidance and leadership tips that they may need, but ultimately they have to be in total control of their own successes. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think um, there was a study done at Cornell years ago that uh, basically the outcome of it said we, as a human, we make about 35,000 uh, conscious or subconscious type decisions and choices a day, right? And a lot of micro choices go on. They said there was something like 225 decisions just around food and like what we eat and how we eat it. And so the only reason I bring that up is you've already got uh, young kids making choices and decisions. And really the goal as a leader or as a, someone who can help influence those decisions is to make sure that they're making those choices and decisions uh, that are in alignment with, you know, some sort of vision of success, you know? And so it, it's kind of removing, I always feel like you've got to have that vision or you've got to have that big picture goal that you're trying to build first and then work backwards and allow people to make choices, decisions, allow them to make mistakes and make them fast and learn from them. Um, 
but when you've got that sort of big picture vision, every choice decision becomes an A, B. You know, it's either A, it's in alignment with what you're trying to achieve, or B, it's not. And you learn from the knots, but I think that's really powerful, really powerful to empower kids to be making those choices and decisions. You talked about um, the transformation process too, managing transformation times and uh, protecting your confidence. Do you want to touch on that? Because I, I was uh, that was definitely something I wanted to ask you about. Well, so when I was in the employment industry, I literally was leading about 20,000 employees, probably conducted about 12,000 interviews. And I started to notice patterns as I just worked with all these people. And, you know, people will be going through life and at some point they're going to hit a transformative type moment. You know, that could be graduating from high school. It could be getting your first job. It could be getting married, divorced, having kids. I mean, throughout life, we're constantly introduced to unexpected moments. Well, at those transformative moments, what I watched were people go one of two directions. They'd either go down path one and they'd be kind of a victim of whatever that moment is, you know, demonstrating victim behaviors, blaming others, pointing fingers, kind of making excuses for the way life was turning out for them. And then the second path I'd watch people go down was they'd kind of quickly reinvent themselves, redefine what success looks like for them going forward, and they would continue forward. Well, obviously, those that kind of went down path two consistently went on to enjoy more success. And I, years ago, you know, I just kept asking myself, well, how do you teach everybody to go down path two? And that's what sort of led us to developing, you know, Project OTY and the Build Your Roadmap program was really to empower people in those transformative type moments to pause, give some critical thought to, well, from this point forward, what kind of life my building for myself and uh, position themselves to again make choices and decisions that are in alignment with their definition of success. That's powerful stuff. And, and for me, with your the experiences, the number of people that we mentioned your bio, how many people you've been in communication with and contact with. And I think you mentioned it was uh, 94%. I think a, a recent, uh, I think you said a cl- course or class you just finished, 94% of them had positive responses to their experience. Can you share yeah, so, a little bit more on that? Yeah. So we've been building out this program originally. We did it offline as a workbook and we were sharing it in classrooms. The feedback was great. When the pandemic hit, that became our opportunity to shift this program online to be a self-driven program that really any high school student or older can go through on their own. And um We've since have shared this program with about 5,000 students and young adults. And at the high school level, over 94% are coming out of this saying they feel more organized, uh, more focused, and uh, more confident in terms of the future that they're building for themselves. At the college level, uh, we're hitting almost 99%. And, you know, one of the things that stuck out for me years ago was this whole idea around just keeping yourself optimally organized in a world that often feels chaotic with so much information coming to at us. And I think there was a quote I saw, without optimal organization, you end up at either chaos or rigidity, both of which will lead ultimately to kind of a mental health crisis. Um, you know, if you really get locked into one or the other. And so we try to develop a program that's fluid. So as something changes or as individual experiences a transformative moment in life, they don't have to reinvent everything. Maybe they just have to reinvent a spoke in the wheel 
uh, to keep moving forward with confidence. I think it's a great program. And to get that kind of feedback and response, it just goes to show you what I, I always like to always say is too, is a lot of these young people, they want that leadership guidance and direction that you provide. And they're not, everybody's not out going, well, I know what I want to do and I want to go do it. But when I think when people, when kids are open enough to go, hey, you know what, I'm going to take this for what it's worth, 94%, 99%, what's the, the average, if you can get 50%, you're being, you're doing pretty well. So it speaks volumes to your program, the OTY program, and I, I think it's a phenomenal thing. And I guess at least my next question is kind of what you're working on now. I'm assuming it's just a growth and expansion of that. Well, it's growth. It's creating growth, creating expansion, awareness. Um, we're at in the development of our software and the program that sort of walks uh, individuals through this. Um, we're at version two, and we've got some exciting things uh, planned for version three, four, and five. But uh, yeah, we're at the awareness moment where um, you know, in the growth of a of a business like this, it's uh, letting people know we exist, right? And, right. Uh, so that's uh, so I appreciate individuals like you inviting me on the podcast to sort of share what we're up to. But uh, it is exciting. I think the cool part about our program is, you know, we're not telling people how to live their life. We're not telling people what to do. We recognize that no two people are the same. Uh, but I think we bring a lot of interesting questions that we sort of lead people through to sort of discover themselves and put themselves in that position of being a leader in their life. So our time's actually run by pretty quick, but I want to do two things here before we leave. Number one is I'd love for you to share with all of our listeners how they can get in touch with you on all of your social media platforms. Sure. Um, social media platforms, we can be found on you know Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. We've got a TikTok presence. All of them are like twitter.com project OTY or instagram.com project OTY. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Jeff Otis, if you'd like to learn more. And then uh, our website's projectoty.com. And one parting question I ask every one of my guests, and that is, who was or who is the most influential person in your life and why? You know, I think um, the first name that comes to my mind is my dad, right? Um I just remember when I was nine years old, I was watching TV and he was like, come on, do you want to sign up to play baseball? We're going to play Little League. I was like, no way. I'm not playing. There's, And he's like, well, why? And I said, well, look, there's 64,000 people on TV. I don't want to play in front of all those people. And he said, no, there's only going to be a few parents in the stands. <laughs> don't worry. But anyway, he always encouraged me to face my fears, right? Like to also anticipate what's coming and uh, but at the same time, stay open to what's possible, knowing that things were always kind of shifting and changing. So I really appreciated, um, I guess, his influence in my life. Well, uh, it's always great to have a parent being an influential person. I know for me, it was my dad and uh, my mom as well, but and my brothers, but my dad is kind of top there. And I really appreciate you sharing that and all your knowledge. And I love you coming on because you are really the the bridge between what I do and where they they take off from there. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. And, and I definitely welcome the opportunity to have you back on, hear more about uh, where you were going. Well, we know where you're going, but want to see the next pinnacle that you reach. So would love to have you come back on at a later date. Well, I appreciate the work you're doing as well. I mean, it's so important for, and I know there's a lot of people around this country doing this work, but you know, I know you're doing something really special yourself. And uh, I would love to come back on anytime and 
share more as uh, we continue to grow and evolve what we're doing with Project OTY. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, uh, yeah, I just really appreciated the opportunity to be on here today. Well, I'll tell you one thing, I'm never going to get in front of you and let you throw a fastball at me. I don't care what age you are, because you probably got a lot more control than I do. <laughs> well, I'm good for about three pitches right now. The first one oh, three makes it there. The second one gets about halfway. And the third one, my arm starts barking. So a real quick question. So what was your your, your best pitch? Uh, I had a really good uh, fastball that sort of dove in on a right-handed hitter. And then I had a changeup that looked a lot like the fastball that uh, would spin a hitter into the ground. Well, my my uh, claim to fame in baseball played uh, Babe Ruth and made the all-star team. And I will always, I will add this too, that I, I made it as an uh, alternate. And it was because of my base running abilities. It was not for my hitting abilities. And the coach <laughs> puts me in an all-star game. The, the score is three to two. We had runners at uh, first and second, and he wanted me to bunt. And I was going up against a pitcher that had the nastiest knuckleball I've ever seen a 13-year-old throw, and he wanted me to bunt. And <laughs> you know what happened, right? I have a suspicion. <laughs> I struck out. <laughs> and, hey, listen, that was a strikeout that I would take every time because there's no yeah. way I'm staying squared up in a knuckleball coming up at me. I squared up, and I stepped back three times, three strikes, and I was out. So, yeah. um, but hey, I'm man enough to admit that, and I would admit it to uh, to my di my last breath. But anyway, appreciate you sharing that, Jeff, and thank you so much for your time, knowledge, expertise, and appreciate what you do in taking our leaders of tomorrow to the next level. All righty, thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm Coach T, and as always, I'm here to educate, support, and inspire the next generation of leaders. Until our next conversation. Take care. If you have a preteen or teen that is in need of guidance and direction in their personal growth and development and or personal relationship development, Coach T is the one that can make it happen. Go to CoachT'sCorner.com to get started.